My wine. What what kind of wine are wait, you drinking? By the wait, way, wait, wait. Where'd all that what? go? Oh, never mind. Sorry, we're good. <laughs> the screen changed on me. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I've never had this wine before. It's very good. It's like very dry. What is it? Tense, tensely, tensely. There was a moon on it, and I was like, I'm into that. It was made out of. I vines like seven moons that's a good wine too seven mines with, seven, with yeah, wines seven. on it yeah. or with wines with moons moons i am drinking the federalist cabernet sauvignon sauvignon blanc sauvignon what are those wine uh, what are wine people called winos no, no, no. <laughs> what, is that not what you meant? No, I mean, I mean like the job. They're oh, called... connoisseur. No, that's like a person who like yeah, does a wine things. Yeah, conno- a wine connoisseur. No, but they have like a real... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm saying not real? <laughs> it's well, an imaginary wine sorry i only know of imaginary wine jobs sommelier oh gotcha i literally yeah, typed no, I in not, <laughs> i would not have gotten there <laughs> typed in wine people job title in the google that's one way to find all your stuff uh, sommelier is i i think that's how you say it m s nope Yes. Well, S O M M E L I E R, sommelier, historically known as someone to assist in fine dining and breathing. Fine dining and breathing. All right. Okay. We're off to a great start. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to take this moment to thank those of you listening because this is our first episode. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. We've been working hard on trying to get this started and have content to release amongst, you know, jobs and other things. Yeah. And when we mean we're working hard, we mean we're working hard. This took us um, three weeks and a lot of confidence. So. (laughs) Which I somehow have none of right now as we we start this, but it's okay. It's Um, fine. I'm going to. I'm going to definitely preface this with I have no, I have no degree in history. I just, I have a, I have a degree in Google searching and I mean, what else did the, what else did the public school system teach us how to do except for be really good at Googling? A lot of things, but that's not what this is about. So anyway, thank you all for joining us to support our first episode. Um, It's, we're both a little bit of perfectionists, so it's definitely been tedious, if you will. I would say tedious. Would you? I would definitely say tedious. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the support is greatly, greatly appreciated and does not go unnoticed. So, yeah. Um the website is currently under construction, but once we have that all set up, it is going to be basically 
an all tell of our sources, the information on our episodes, information on us, what we plan to do with this podcast and where we plan to go and all of that other boring stuff, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. they're not here for that. They're here for the lore, (laughs) for the lore, for the lore. Um, oh, and also a theme in this podcast that we want to uh, add to this is the theme of candles because we like candles here. We like a lot of candles here. Candle and, sniffers. Yeah, big candle sniffers. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and so um, we are always going to have a candle lit during this to kind of get us in the mood, one that's going to make us feel like we're surrounded by the lore or the monsters that we're talking about today. So, um, and it is, it's fun to mention here. Um, we did get a sample pack of candles from a a website called mythology candles, Lauren found, and, um, they have a sample pack and then we got all six. And while we were going through these, uh, we blind smelled them and basically said what we, say they smell like to us. And while we were planning the topic of this episode, we took a moment to write on post-its privately what sense we think of when we think of the boogeyman. And so that is how it led to the candle we're burning now. Yeah, so... This bearded tree. Yeah, bearded tree. I'm showing the camera like podcasts do that. (laughs) But you know, yeah, it smells very nice. It's a small boy. Little little baby bean. It smells like we should probably talk about what it smells like real quick. I was about to say, I was like, let me grab my notes. I'll tell you what I said it smells like too. Oh, you're so much prepared than I am. I threw that shit out ages ago. What? (laughs) My notes about what it smells like. (laughs) Look. If a note doesn't serve me purpose after three days, then it just disappears. And then I usually need it on the fifth day. So, you know, story of my life. (laughs) Meanwhile, I just have bundles of journals over here that I'm looking for which journal I wrote the note in. Oh, (laughs) that's my problem. I don't throw it away. I can't find where I wrote it. Or I wrote in harmony shorthand that which is like, I can't always even decipher what I what my brain is saying. So anyway, now we're rambling. Okay, we'll we'll cut that out. <laughs> we'll we'll edit that. We'll edit that. So for bearded tree, I had wrote moss, earthy spices, oak moss, and vanilla. And then when we wrote what we think of for the boogeyman. Oh, yes. I, I wrote a conversation about that. I wrote musk, rotten, crisp. So I don't remember what you wrote because I didn't I think I, I think I wrote like musky, earthy, wet, earthy. We bo- yeah, because we both put musky and I think you said moss too, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Like a swamp. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how we chose bearded tree. And it kind of is that. Huh? But it, and it has it has most of those smells, but like pleasant, like it doesn't smell like a like an old wet like a swamp, swamp. like Florida. Yeah, no swamp ass here. But hey, some people like that like that smell. 
Yeah. I'm not saying I'm some people. I'm just saying, you know, some <laughs> people actually like like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty well. <laughs> <laughs> smell. Some okay. people love that dirty smell. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's hop right into it. Boogeyman. Boogie Boogie Booga. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the Boogeyman. Um I mean, I'm sure everybody knows what the boogeyman is, but if you don't, um, the boogeyman or some is... form of the boogeyman, yeah, rather. some form yeah. of the boogeyman. Um, you know, the cautionary tale that parents like to use for misbehaving children or to deter children from misbehaving, in some sense. The origin is unknown. Uh, just because there are so many versions of a boogeyman, uh, depending on where, and I'll even get that into, I'll get a little further into that too with my story later about uh, La Leonora. But um, the reason the boogeyman doesn't really, or no one really knows where the origin is created is just because there is such a broad spectrum of what a boogeyman actually is. But like you said, the common thread is that it's a tale used to scare children into behaving or even some adults into behaving because they were misbehaving children. And so obviously the ones who are going to be involved are the unspecific monsters, the parents and uh, children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, usually got an appearance um, or its conception is very drastic. It varies drastically depending on like the household or the culture that it's coming from. But typically boogeyman can boogeyman can be seen more as like a masculine monster at least. Um, but that doesn't obviously for many different cultures, it, it kind of changes along the way and it, Sometimes they appear as women or sometimes they appear as like other non-humanoid creatures. Exactly. Um, unspecific monsters. Yeah. Unspecific monsters um, that punish children who have misbehaved. But there's like a boogeyman in almost every culture because I think that every culture has misbehaved children. I know that I was yeah, one of them. <laughs> I just think children are, I, I, not to tussle feathers here, but. I assume every child is a misbehaving child until they prove me otherwise. Guilty oh. until proven innocent, if you will. De definitely. Most children are always up to something. I was always up to something. So I can only assume that every other child is also always up to something. <laughs> I was definitely a curious kid. I wouldn't say I was misbehaved. Not Maybe not intentionally. <laughs> I wasn't intentionally misbehaving until about 13, 14. But I guess that's still even a child. So, yeah, so the word the word boogeyman actually comes where it actually comes from is pretty unclear, I'd say. I don't know. I didn't find much on it of it where is. it actually came from. And it was more of like an aim. They say that it was like Middle English from the word. I think it was pronounced bogey or bogue. B-O-O. Yes. G -G. I, I also have that there in my notes. And then it was also... Um, they are based on the mischievous creatures called hobgoblins. Yeah, I read that too. And that like the meaning, the English meaning bogue, I guess, could also mean like something frightening or like a scarecrow, which I always think of like Jeepers Creepers or because like, I guess Jeepers Creepers wasn't really uh, going after misbehaving children, but 
I could definitely see like Jeepers Creepers definitely has a boogeyman feel to it. Like the movie Mm -hmm. Jeepers Creepers. I don't know. I think that like my first and my first time hearing about boogeyman was like from Halloween, like Michael Myers and everything. Really? Like, yeah, I think so. Cause I, I mean, I don't know when I was a kid, I always thought that like, I feel like every kid has that feeling of like something's under their bed. You just don't know what it is. Like even now, like, I'm still slightly afraid of the dark. Oh, I was I a to... closet kid. I was a closet kid. For, I was scared of my closet. Even to this day, I'm you I'm were... scared to have my closet open. I definitely was a boogeyman in the closet person, and I would hide under my bed. Oh, no. See? So, under the yeah, bed? Yeah, see, that's so interesting because, like, <laughs> it, it, it goes back to what we said about it. It is so... It's so hard to pinpoint origin and all of that just because there is such a broad spectrum on quote unquote boogeyman stories and how they can be told. Yeah. And, and I and so how they're how they're passed down because like I said, my parents, you know, those my story of the boogeyman was in the closet and that yeah. you always kept your closet door shut because otherwise that's how they got in. And sometimes I'd even be scared enough that I would like pretend I was sleeping and like kind of crack the door open and then like pee like be like pretending I'm asleep, like with my eyes barely open as if that would help him be like, Oh, maybe if they think I'm asleep, they'll come out. (laughs) No, I could never happen. Never happened. No, I totally get that though. And like, that was like, it was for me for like under the bed. And then when I turned 13, I pretty much just traded my bed frame for a box spring and then put my mattress on top of it. And then I didn't have to worry about things on my bed. Now I'm just afraid of walking by mirrors at night when it's dark. So, you know, Oh yeah. I don't do that at all. I ain't, <laughs> to, I ain't trying to see in that dimension. No, thank you. Literally since we've been in the middle of this house search, anytime I see a house that has like closet doors that are mirrors, I'm like, Nope, <laughs> no, that's going to be a hundred percent. No, for me, I'm not doing that. No way. I just think that like, even if you didn't hear about the boogeyman, most people just have that, that fear that especially when they're young of like something lurking in the dark Mm -hmm. waiting for them while they sleep or, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night and the house is quiet and they're just kind of laying in their bed and they have to go to the bathroom really bad (laughs) or, you know, and you have to get up in the middle of the night to pee, but it's 3am and you're like 75% sure there's something living under your bed or living in your closet. (laughs) There's like, no, that's not for me. It's almost like the boogeyman could dog. The boogeyman honestly reminds me of like a tulpa where it's like it only exists because people think it exists like Slender Man or like something that was just created from like someone's mind and then passed it on to someone else who then also believed it and then just keeps going on like that. There is a movie and the name escapes me right now. The entire point is that is that it only exists because she's believing it happens. I'll have to I'll have to look that up and get back to you. But yeah, you'll have to tell me what that is because I'm curious to watch that. Yeah. But uh the difference too though in mentioning like because hobgoblins is a spirit in Middle English folklore. So it doesn't surprise me that it's in some parts of the world considered to have come from that part of Europe and throughout much of Europe, hobgoblins are actually very quite friendly, only really do lighthearted pranks. Whereas far as the boogeyman is 
not that way. He is not lighthearted. And but, me you know, that- there are those there are those few tales where hobgoblins are um, much more vile just by nature. And you know, who knows? Maybe we should have add hobgoblins to our episode list, our never ending mm-hmm. episode list, our never ending episode list. I think the hobgoblins would be really fun to talk about. So you're telling me that the boogeyman isn't just coming into your room to start like a prank war. I mean, he could be or to like, you know, kill you, steal your soul, depending on, depending on where you are. <laughs> he comes into your room and he's like, it's just a prank, bruh. In some of my research, a lot of it was saying too that the boogeyman is very mysterious and it is just most understood through action and motivations. It's primarily, obviously, they're going to be primarily fixated on children just because that's where it's based. Like you're trying to get your children to behave. And if you're misbehaving, the boogeyman's going to come for you. So obviously, the boogeyman will be fixated on children. Although, in some, again, in some parts of the, some parts of other countries, the boogeyman seeks out anyone doing wrongdoing. I don't know. So when, maybe, it, maybe in some parts it is a prank war. Who knows? Maybe that's it. That's how he gets his kicks. That's crazy. They would kind of come after like anyone after like doing doing something wrong, like as like an act of justice. I feel like there's been like a movie on that that I saw. Oh, what was it? Maybe I'm thinking of Final Destination, but like that's just death to, going after to, you. Is there like a whole movie about it? I was like, because there's a few things that I'm pretty sure it's mentioned in. I think it maybe. I think it was maybe an episode of Supernatural. I think it was. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So it was an episode in Supernatural where do you remember Sam and Dean went to this town? Obviously, there's a hot girl. She's a reverend's daughter. And the reverend had like had a a ghost on him or like a demon or something that like kept going after people that were considered unjust in the eyes of God. Are you talking about the healer, like the healer reverend where he was pretending to heal people, but he was actually like damning people? Yes. And then there was like the ghost boy. That episode was crazy. And he didn't realize he was dead in the end, like a very, um, uh, sixth sense kind of thing where he didn't realize he was it was it was such yeah it was that was a great episode so um but yeah that's like the history of the boogeyman and just kind of like giving you idea of what we're talking about today um but with this podcast the way that we're breaking this down um at least for this episode and probably other ones involving like creatures and such we are going to share some some stories about boogeymen from different cultures. Um, do you want to? Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Floor is yours. All right. Um, so, like we said, the boogeyman differs from culture to culture, um, but we can almost be certain that it usually involves someone or something eating misbehaving children. So tonight, I'm going to talk about a boogie woman because we love a good boogie woman. Yes, we, we love good need, boogie woman. We don't need a boogie man. We got ourselves a boogie woman. So somewhere in the eastern part of Europe where it gets bitterly cold in the winter, there's a dark forest. If you're ever brave, foolish, or ignorant enough to go wandering through that forest, there's a good chance that you might come across a peculiar house. It's a wooden hut, but it's like no other that you've ever seen for it stands on giant chicken legs and quite often it walks about (laughs) just like a monstrous farmyard bird and the hut is home of baba yaga (laughs) 
<laughs> so today we're talking about Baba Yaga. Um, and Baba Yaga is part of Slavic myths and Russian folklore. And she's known as the wild woman, which I mean, like if I could have this as like my, my slogan name, the wild woman, the wild woman, <laughs> Baba Yaga. Wild. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Baba Yaga is goals, um, for real. Um, the word Baba usually means any woman old enough to marry. So in stories, however, Baba Yaga is often described as a scary old wild witch with a terrible ad- appetite for eating people. Um, <laughs> many stories say that Baba Yaga may stand for a person's fate. Um, So when someone enters Baba Yaga's hut, they can live or die depending on what they say or what they do. Basically, she's got a temper. And if you disrespect her in her house, she'll kill you. (laughs) You're sure you're not talking about yourself? Well, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wish that it would. I wish that it was. In an alter alter universe. And yeah, and an alter, my, my alter ego is actually Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga's origin um, could be tied to a lot of cultural references where older women were seen as keepers of wisdom and tradition for the family or tribe. Um, no longer having to care for children, they became mother to the rest of the community. Um, but it was believed that these wise women understood the mysteries of birth and death. And sometimes they were thought to have the power of life and death in itself. That's um, pretty, pretty powerful stuff right there. Right? Um, so life, and, death, life, death, life, life, death. death. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in typical fashion, when people started to think an old single woman was threatening... They started to believe that these women were using magic to conjure evil. So, you know, ain't that nice. (laughs) The patriarchy, am I right? So (laughs) the world started to hate wise women and they were put to death only to become the products of child's cautionary tales. And that's kind of the birth of Baba Yaga in itself. Um, Very interesting. Right. So especially with witchcraft being as accepted as it is. Nowadays, it's all nowadays and now to a point to where it's grossly an aesthetic for some people gag. And it's like, listen, I'm all for aesthetically pleasing. We all know well, we don't all know. But those who do know me personally know I am definitely a person that is like, nope, that's not aesthetically pleasing. I don't want it. Thank you. But it's so interesting hearing history about folklore and legends and things about stuff that nowadays would just be thrown on tiktok you know what i mean like oh yeah for clout if you will it's crazy people have like people in history have lost their lives for things that teenagers are are fucking around on on youtube doing and i'm not hating i'm just saying it's very very interesting to think about as a concept no no we're living in a really weird time it's like i tried to explain this to pat the other day about, for instance, oh God, what were we driving? We were driving to the doctor's office and we were passing a courthouse and I got onto this tangent about true crime and how it's so interesting that people could like collect true crime memorabilia or like um, you look at like trials. And I always think that it's so interesting that like some of the darkest moments in history just take place in like just some any any old building right, that, your backyard like a doesn't matter doesn't matter where you are there is a twisted story about where you're from 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like we watched, even if you um, don't know it, yeah, even if like, you don't know it, that's, what's crazy too. You could live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. And I guarantee you something happened at some time then. Yeah. And history tends to like erase those little pieces of those little, those little nuggets of like information that the world gives to us, I guess. And we're getting real, like, I definitely, I definitely search here, for, I definitely, whenever I'm visiting historical places, I definitely look for the place the witch would have been burned at the stake at first. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Looking for those, like those random posts you see in the middle of a little podunk town or, or, yeah. you know, like, oh, I, oh, absolutely. It's like when you go to Salem and like, you're walking around you're like, this is where six witches lost their lives. Like, and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> seriously. And that even within itself has become like a witchy tourist spot, hot spot, if you will, for great reasons. A lot of history is there, but like you said, it's, it's insane that all of these horror Horrible stories are so like integrated into pop culture, if you will. Yeah. And it just becomes like this weird middle ground of like morbid curiosity, yet like super mundane like information that people usually like learn about and then forget about five seconds later when they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then they, you know, they get really into it for like five minutes and then history just kind of forgets about hey, it. We're looking at that right now. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Every day. um moving back to the to the um Boogie Boogie. <laughs> I was gonna say boogeyman, but I was like, we're not talking about a boogeyman, we're talking about boogie women. Boogie women. Um but yeah, so like most witches in folklore, um Baba Yaga can fly. But this lady hey. doesn't, she doesn't need a broomstick. No, 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 no. Baba Yaga instead flies by sitting inside of a giant mortar. And then in order to steal her, to steer her giant mortar, she uses the pestle as a rudder to drive it through the sky, which on top of that is like a, just a fucking vibe. like just getting in her mortar and then just using her her pestle to fly her around love it and then on top of all that this queen of the forest doesn't leave any trace of where she's been because instead she uses her broom to sweep away her tracks and let me tell you something right now i wish i could have used that to like as a mode of transportation when leaving a man's house in the morning or just trying to get away from a situation that I don't want to be involved in. Like, nope, bitch, I'm gotta go. I'm going to jump in my mortar and I got my broom and you can't find me. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. I actually, <laughs> I have a special broom for, uh, I am a kitchen witch for those who don't know. Um, and well, I'm kitchen and intuition, but I've been focusing more on kitchen lately. And I do have a specific broomstick for the kitchen area only, and it's wooden and hay. And I have eucalyptus and rosemary wrapped completely around it. And so thing. that is so, and though my whole point in that is like the re you use that in kitchen witchcraft for the same reason she used that for no one to find her. And you're basically sweeping away the negative energies or any traces of uh, past recipes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, on top of all that, uh, Baba Yaga's home. It's my dream house. Um, it's a quaint little hut 
deep within a birch forest in a place that's difficult to find unless a magic thread feather or doll shows you the way, which like, I wish that could be just how someone would find me. Like, here's your magic doll. Follow it. That's the only way you can find me <laughs> anywhere in the world. <laughs> or this God, magic feather. why isn't that a thing? Can I have your number? No, but you can have my doll. <laughs> but you can have my doll. <laughs> Man, do you know how many awkward phone calls I would have had to avoid just oh. having a doll and be like, huh? Good luck finding me. <laughs> yeah, it's like a business. It's a better business card. It oh really is. It's a better business card. <laughs> Here's so, my doll. <laughs> her hut is like a, it kind of reminds me of like a mix of Howl's Moving Castle and all of my fantasies. It stands on chicken legs and can move about on its own. It, um, Its windows act as eyes and the lock to the house is full of teeth. And if this was my house, not only could I travel anywhere I wanted to go, I would also be able to scare any of trespassers with my teeth filled door. It's just beautiful. It, it has mouth. It has it's a mouth. Dream. It's it's the introvert's dream. It's got legs. <laughs> it's got everything it's I need. It's got legs. <laughs> what more could you ask for, honey? <laughs> no, no need to search further. The house has legs. <laughs> and Sign then, me up. <laughs> so if these house these if this house's features weren't enough for you, it also has a cute little picket fence made of human bones topped with skulls. Oh, we go, we love a human bone fence. Oh my god. Okay, I'm saying right now. Let's stop cutting down the trees and start using bones. <laughs> so are you suggesting instead of chopping down trees, we start chopping down people? No, 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 no. We humanely wait. Because I'm wait. for it. <laughs> we humanely <laughs> wait. <laughs> we humanely wait. And then we just offer the option that your body you could be, be a used. bone donor, like with, you, or if with, yeah, <laughs> with and organ donor, a bone donor. I'm saying donor. that if I go before you, I wouldn't be opposed to you using my bones as, um, your fence. I gotta have some way to bring you back. Just prop my I can't little. can't burn you. Yeah, exactly. So you're, there you go. So then you can't, you can't burn me. My mom was like, <laughs> my mom has this entire plan of having her body cremated. So it, she wants to pull in Elizabeth town, basically. I don't know if you've seen that film, but the, the son is traveling with a map that has, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I could be throwing off the plot here. Don't, this is not an Elizabeth town movie like podcast. But the the son, like like the son, no, like, like the son of the man who died. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, is spreading. He like has a map or like a list and a playlist of places and songs that are to be played while the son is spreading his ashes all over everywhere, which is a great okay. sentiment. Yeah. If you don't want another life. So <laughs> whether you're damned in this one or not. I'm damned in everyone. Um, yeah, I feel that. Cheers to that, sister. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're slurping now. So, but anyway, she wants her ashes spread. And I told her, I was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, I need to be able to summon you <laughs> in case of, you know, emergency. And she was like, what Perfectly possible logical. emergency could you need me for? I'm fucking dead. It's <laughs> like not to me. Look, I already told. I'm, I'm pretty sure I already told you that you get at least one of my bones. So I'm pretty sure I have a a text from Patrick asking about your skin. Which, if God forbid anything happen, 
<laughs> Me and Patrick would be the first to be questioned, and it's just because because I've given any you all police my body department parts. could not. And I get it. I get. I, I understand why. I could not oh, it, logically. It looks suspicious. For why your best friend and your boyfriend would be talking about your bones and skin when you are perfectly healthy and alive, <laughs> and and would not buy. That's our dynamic as a reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, how we talk. You know, and I, I don't blame the law for looking at that and being like, mm. "This is frightening." <laughs> And here's my will that Welcome. just says, like, divide my bones between Harmony and Patrick, but mostly oh, Harmony because. <laughs> no need pretty for sure. bail. Let them out. I'm pretty sure you'd be the only just person. Just another couple of fucking weirdos. <laughs> and ironically, it would not be a Florida head- headline. No, it wouldn't. Woman collects bones. Most of of your life in Florida, and the weird Florida story does not make a Florida headline. A Florida woman dies. You know what they would do to you? Woman from Florida. (laughs) That's it. Divides her bones amongst (laughs) boyfriend and friend. Yeah. Well, you know, they got to go somewhere. They got to go somewhere. All right, so she has offensive human bones, the dream. Yep, she has offensive human bones. Um, so not only that, I'm going to say this right now because this is the best part. She has top-of-the-line security system, complete with hungry dogs and evil geese. You sold me at evil geese. Right? It's just, I'm... Ugh. You expect dogs. Not often you, you see geese. When you bring out the goose, not Ryan Gosling the goose, but when you bring out the goose... The goose with the noose. It might have a noose. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> in my version, it does. And that's in okay. My, in my, uh, in my <laughs> tail passed down. <laughs> in my Baba Yaga dreams, the geese have nie- nooses. Nieces. I almost said nieces. Nieces. Hey, the geese you don't know. have nieces. Plural for noose. <laughs> Please no one tell me that I'm wrong, because I know that I am. <laughs> I've, let's just... No, that just needs to be said, period. <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong, kindly... And understand we didn't know and didn't mean to. Okay. That's just like I said at the beginning, I don't have a hist I don't have a history degree. Yeah, no, or, neither of us do. Or associates degree or nothing in history. Well, it wouldn't be an associates. Irrelevant. I don't have <laughs> I don't have a degree in history. I have a love for books and a computer with Google. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Informing the public. God. But we are save us. We are not claiming that we know everything ever. I would say we know mostly nothing, but we like to talk. So that's yeah, why we're here. That's, that's why we're here. Um, so <laughs> Baba Yaga is a true Giada, uh, a true Martha Stewart. Sure. So her hospitality is really good. Guests never leave her house ever. Uh, Baba Yaga washes them. She feeds them. And then she plops them on her giant spatula before putting them into her oven. This woman uh, is us. This is it, like this woman is living our lives in another alternate universe. I have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I I have to put that out there. If you're ever wondering what what we are like as true humans, there you have it. Picture a more civilized Baba Yaga. (laughs) If we let you into our home, you're solid. You're great. You you never want to leave. But it's going to be hell getting through that door. Oh, yeah. And the door has teeth. Exactly. Once you get through the bones. Like, oh, yes, this is normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God bless Patrick and Sergio. Really, truly, honestly. <laughs> they're like, I I love that they have both reached a point with us where they're like, oh, yeah, nope, that's just, that's normal. 
<laughs> I, I found a vest on Etsy the other day and I was like, Pat, look at this vest. It's so cute. He's like, yep, that's something. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look, it makes me, if I bought this, it was $25 and I'm going to buy it. But he's like, if, I was like, if I bought this, then I'd look like a hobbit. And he's like, you certainly would. And I'm like, so what do you think? And he's like, it's something. <laughs> Hey, he told you what he thinks. <laughs> nope, I know. And and I was like, you know, I told him too. And I was like, Pat, if I didn't have any self-control and I had more money than I could deal with, um, we wouldn't be living here. And I probably would dress like a hobbit all of the time with latex ears and everything. Every every day of my life would be a Ren fair. So, but I don't have the means for that. No, I don't have enough money for that. Because let me tell you, uh, Warbler is expensive and everyday armor is not practical mostly it's not it's not so you know in less orlando than in orlando other places far far away places i can wear as much armor as i want so yeah um baba yaga she's not just some <laughs> evil old witch i didn't want to rush you back there i was like i got i know that you would dress like a hot no no i know but no one else knows Okay, so Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is not just some evil old witch that people tend to steer clear of while in the forest. Some people actually go looking for her for help. Baba Yaga has special powers and rules over the elements. She has faithful servants called the White Horseman, the Red Horseman, and the Black Horseman, who she gives little pet names to. She calls them My Bright Dawn, My Red Sun, and My Dark Midnight, which like- That's precious. Isn't that adorable? That's love right there. Right? My- I feel like she just wow. love loves these men. They just hang out with her and, you know, maybe It's maybe. a polynamorous. Yeah, maybe uh, she's got situation. a little something little something extra going on. Good for her. Right? Good for her. Best, which she is literally living her best cottage whore life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the dream. It is. Absolutely. She's got all these I mean, nightly I'm, men that just... I was about to say, I, was like, I love my boyfriend. I am perfectly... We're both perfectly two perfectly more, happy more than relationships. More than taking care of with my boyfriend. But oh, I love a good, open-minded relationship. Oh, yeah. And especially at her age. I mean, come on. She's thousands of years old. Right? Why are you going to find love like that? You're just not. They, there's a whole show about... Single 30-year-olds that are worried about having sex in the city. Look yeah, at how that exactly. took she's got, she's got three loves at thousands of years old. Good for her. Yeah. And on top of all that, these boys also have magical powers, too, because they control daybreak, sunrise, and nightfall. I mean, these are like, this is like a power, not even a power couple. This is a power couple. Power quad. Power quad, if you will. Power quad. <laughs> so uh, many of the stories that are tied to Baba Yaga, they're often about a hero or a heroine that enters her hut looking for wisdom, truth, or help. And um, the most popular story begins with Vasilisa the Beautiful. Um, so I'm going to share some of the story with y'all tonight. So the way this story goes is a man and woman had a baby girl named Vasilisa. One day when the child was eight years old, her mother suddenly became very ill. um, And on the mother's deathbed, she gave Vasilisa a tiny doll. She told Vasilisa that each night she would, um, she needs to feed the doll and give it a little bit of milk. And as long as Vasilisa continued to do this, the doll would always be ready to help her. No matter how much trouble she found herself in ever, the doll would be there to, you know, 
help her with whatever that she needed. As time went on, her father decided to remarry. He found a new wife with two daughters of her own. And Vasily's stepmother was very cruel to her, commanded her to do all sorts of tasks she wasn't able to do. And with the help of her doll, Vasilisa... Right. This is like a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Um, minus Hillary Duff. Uh, but with the- <laughs> waiting for uh, you is like waiting for rain in this drought. Oh God. Useless and disappointing. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that movie with the um oh god, the woman from Legally Blonde where she's like Yes, yeah, she's the stepmother. I, she's yeah, phenomenal. She's it's she's the wonderful. Botox. <laughs> Can't show expression for another hour and a half. <laughs> so with the help of her doll, Vasilisa was able to perform all of these tasks anyway. But as Vasilisa got older, she had many suitors because she was a babe. And uh they were all turned down by Vasilisa's stepmother because Obviously, Mm -hmm. she was jealous that none of the suitors wanted to marry Vasilisa's stepsisters. One day, when Vasilisa's father had to embark on a journey, he went away for a really long time. And while he was gone, his wife sold the house that they lived in and moved them to a gloomy hut by the forest. So that was a bitch move. Was Uh, it? Or was it one in this? Was it was it a? A pleasant happening in disguise of a bitch move. I would love for someone to randomly move me to a hut in the forest. Yeah, but I think the way that the story went was this hut was like not a nice place to live. Like it was gross. It was dank. It was it's dark a and gloomy. <laughs> Essentially a porta potty. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> while they were in the new house, Fosley's stepmother asked the daughters to um, put all the fires out in the hut except for a single candle and uh of course one of the stepdaughters fucked up and also put the candle out and so vasilisa was forced to fix the mistake of something that she did not cause the issue to so vasilisa was forced to fix her stepsister her stepsister's issue and was told to go journey into the forest to find some fire and fetch some light for from from Baba Yaga's hut. And this is how Baba Yaga and Vasilisa had their paths crossed. Um, When Vasilisa found Baba Yaga's hut, she asked her for help. And Baba Yaga said that she would help her, but only if she would do a simple task for her. And if Vasilisa could not perform the task, Baba Yaga would cook Vasilisa in her oven. So Vasilisa started doing the chores that Baba Yaga asked of her, but quickly she grew tired. And so the little doll Vasilisa owned that she took with her everywhere was able to complete the task for her. And when Vasilisa um, was finished with the task, Baba Yaga came back and said, uh, take this. It will light up your stepmother and your two stepsisters very well. And she sent Vasilisa home with a skull lantern full of burning coals to provide light for her family. Literally in the story, she took a human skull and just filled it with these with a burning flame and was like, here's the skull. And Vasilis is like, um, <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> and Vasily and Bobby Yaga's just like hand waved and was like, eh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just take the skull and go on your way. You'll be good. Someone um, who is a very talented artist and one of our listeners, please animate what Lauren just said. I would love to see that in an animated form. Oh yeah, just just take the skull. It's fine. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? 
<laughs> so upon her return, Vasilisa found that since sending her out on her task, her stepfamily had been unable to light any candles um, or fire in their home at all. They just couldn't. Even lamps and candles that might be brought in from outside were useless, and they oh, all wow. just snuffed out the second they were carried over the threshold. Well, magic happened in here. Um, so Vasilisa, when she stepped into the house... And the coals that were in the skull were brought in. Uh, Vasilisa's stepmother and stepsister magically turned to ashes. Poof. And they just poofed. They just like... She just stepped into the room and they just poofed away. Um, so after that <laughs> happened, <laughs> Vasilisa decided to bury the skull in the backyard because obviously you have to get rid of the evidence. Oh, and then moved... Obviously. <laughs> obviously. And then moved that, away. That's from, even so relevant here in 2020, apparently. Oh yeah, bury the evidence. No, apparently, really. Um, moving. And on. then <laughs> after she, after she buried the skull in the backyard, uh, she decided to move away from the gross old hut in the woods. And then she went on to marry the prince of Russia. I think it was the. I think it was Russia. Yeah, she married a prince. But yep, and that's the story of Vasilisa and Baba Yaga. I was. That was so interesting. I just burnt, I don't know what that means, but I just burned my finger on our first candle. Oh my God, Baba Yaga. <gasps> Baba Yaga! <laughs> oh man. Okay. Love so yeah, it. That's, that, was, that was Vasilisa um, and Baba Yaga, and that was the story of Baba Yaga and who, who she is. And I felt like I said Baba Yaga so many times, but it's also really fun to say. So say um, crack again. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What so, a lovely yeah. story. On to you. All right. So um, I am going to be, hold on, let me get my notes out here. I got quite a few windows open. Bear with me. Where's my lawyer? Oh, there it is. Okay. So the boogeyman, who is not even really a boogeyman, she's a boogeywoman. And what makes her a boogeywoman to me um, is she instills fear into those who do not listen to their children, which, like we said earlier, depending on where the story is being told in the culture and all of that aspect comes a lot into play with how the story is told and all that jazz. So like most boogeyman legends, she has taken many names and portrayed in uh, very many different ways, depending on who is telling your story and who is being told. So to me, that is what makes her a boogeyman. Uh, her trademark. Oh, wait, I haven't even said who I'm talking about. I kind of did. Okay. So I, sorry, I'm nervous. Um, it's okay. We all are probably the listeners too. <laughs> The secondhand nervousness. We're all nervous. All right. So I am covering the story of La Leonora. I'm actually, now that I'm saying it, I think I did mention it, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're, La Leonora. (laughs) So I'm going to be sharing the legend of La Leonora, which is from uh, Mexican culture. Uh, La Leonora translates to the crier. As far as her legend goes, she is known as the Wailing Woman or the Crying Woman. And to understand the history of La Leonora, you have to understand that her story changes based on the legend and where it's being told. Uh, She's a cultural icon through Mexico and throughout the history of Mexico um, as far back as as Azteca time. Once I upload a video to YouTube for this uh, 
episode, I'll include some information I found on that more older history, but I kind of want to focus on more of today's story, if you will, of La Leonora. But the common thread between all of the stories is that she is a beautiful woman who can be heard uh, by children crying and screaming and wailing for her sons that she drowned in a fit of rage. Her, yeah, she drowned her children in a fit of rage. Oh, so, <laughs> so basically, um, she is a woman who was very young and very beautiful and fell in love with a powerful man. Uh, I'm, I'm sharing as far as like a, a spectrum, if you will, because like I said, there is multiple versions of La Leonora as far as uh, cultural history goes, and it changes throughout Mexico. So I'm kind of covering just the broad of a La Leonora tale in Mexico. And she was a young and tired, poor woman who fell in love with a rich, beautiful man. You already know where this is going. Well, <laughs> he cheats on her. She, oh, of uh, course. She's very, she's very happy. And she gave birth to two beautiful sons for him. And he falls in love with another woman. And in a fit of rage, she drowns her children in the river. And realizing what she's done after she has drowned her children, she begins uncontrollably sobbing and then kills herself because she killed her children in a fit of rage. Good lord. So Maria Nora. Yep, right? Fucking twisted. (laughs) And people want kids. Are you kidding me? Like (laughs) I can't. I can't. So yeah, she she drowns her children in a fit of rage. Uh, against her cheating husband, which it's like, fuck that. Why? No, no wonder you're damned for all eternity. That wasn't your kid's fault. Yeah, for real. Why did they have to pay them? Exactly. Which is why she's damned for, and that's how La Leonora is uh, roaming the streets today. I actually found a couple of interesting YouTube videos of her being spotted as as early as last year. And I say early because that's early for it or not as late as late. Would it be early or late? I think it says late as last year. As late, late as, last as year. like, yeah. That's, yeah. Ugh. You're going to have to send those to me because I will. I and like I said, I plan, I fully intent on, uh, I fully intent. I fully intend. I am the queen of malapropisms. Okay. Goddess of malapropisms. <laughs> I fully intend on including all of this footage and all of this um, information once we have a YouTube and all of that set up. So yeah, she um, she kills her children in a fit of rage. And after realizing what she's done, being a stupid bitch, caring about a man. And I would, bye bitch. Bye boo. Yep, no, goodbye. Bye. I'm taking the kids and leaving. Pack the wagon. But she was so furious in that moment that she took it out on her children and is now damned for eternity to be searching, uh, searching the earth for the souls of her, her lost children and will come after uh, children of parents who are not listening or acknowledging or showing enough attention and time to their children enough. So, so to where they can go find La Leonora and basically get her touch. So children who are being neglected or abandoned 
can oftentimes hear, or even the parents, depending on the situation, can hear the cries of La Leonora. She's crying and weeping and screaming. And when you go to find her, she turns around, gives you her mark, and um, basically can find you wherever and come into your home and start causing commotions and steal the souls of your children, thinking God. that thinking that your children are holding the souls of hers. So you're saying that she can track you? Oh, yeah. All she has to do is touch you. So that's basically how you get the mark of La Leonora. Oh, uh, it changes. It changes throughout... It changes throughout legends and stories, but that is basically the common thread is just like if she if you get the Lionora mark, she can get you wherever the fuck you are. Doesn't oh. matter if you move houses, doesn't matter if you move states, move towns, she's coming with you because oh, she wants your kids. So care oh, that's so scary. Hide yeah, your kids, um, hide your wife. The movie, the movie, um, the one that was most recently released, it's part of the conjuring uh universe, if you will. It it's one of the more basic stories of La Leonora, but um, it is mentioned in that film too about like the mark and like how because the main character even mentions she's like oh I'm just gonna move and like the person helping her the healer the spiritual healer helping her is like why like she can find you like, <laughs> like you're fucked basically hey, I still I'm still gonna wa- I'm probably gonna watch that movie I think this week or this weekend maybe I'll watch it tomorrow but it's the one with Linda Cardellini right mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I necessarily feel, and this is just my personal opinion. I, I love the movie, but I also don't think the move, I have to remember the movie is a personal story involving La Leonora because I felt like it kind of didn't culturally, um, represent her enough. And as far as like her story goes, the movie, uh, talks on the personal story of their encounter with La Leonora, which is really interesting to comment on because when you talk about the legend and the history and uh, where La Llorona comes from, it is broken down into two categories, which is, I may butcher this and please bear with me. I, I'm sorry. Insurento, and that's people who have seen her. And then Historia, which is the tales of people who tell, excuse me, the tales of her story passed down from generation to generation. And so I have to kind of separate myself watching that movie and realize, okay, no, this is more about the story of the encounter rather than the actual Historia of La Llorona. And, you know, it's about that personal story and encounter. That's cool that it's divided that way, but like... That like the way that the cultures have divided it of like there's the encounters and then there's the history of it. And like those things aren't like combined those. Yeah, those two versions of storytelling aren't synonymous with each other. They're like two completely different things. And like even the storytelling itself is an experience in its own right. Exactly. Like, like thinking about sitting around a campfire, you know? Yeah, exactly. All of so those like, stories, basically what this entire podcast is based off of is yeah. those creepy, you know, campfire legends that have so much history behind them that you don't think about sitting in that campfire. Just like, oh my God, don't jump out the bushes right now. 
but they shape like who you are as people. They shaped, they shape cultures, like these stories, they do. Shape exactly. cultures. And like, Absolutely. It's, just, it's interesting. Cause like you can, you can experience La, 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 Rona? La, 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 Lenore, La, 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 okay. So you pronounce it with a ya. Yeah. Instead of a law. Okay. So, Hey, have you ever heard two white bitches trying to speak spit two white bitches from Florida trying to pronunciate pronunciate is not a word. Enunciate. <laughs> um, so no, La Rona is pronounced like ya Rona. Ya, ya, ya Rona. Ya, like the Rona. Ya La Rona. La Yonora. Ya La Rona. La Yorona. Ya La Rona. La La Yorona. Ya Rona. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Say yo. Yo. La Yorona. Yorona. So yeah, um that is basically kind of the breakdown like I said I'm going to kind of include historically where she the historia if you will it if you will if you will it i will it i will it um so this is one of the um this one of the people that or one of the tales from the aztec times that i was mentioning earlier that can date back to um centuries ago before any of us were even thought of well no not true i've lived many lives but <laughs> i'm rambling okay she was a divine snake woman in azteca legend which i thought was really really cool because i love snakes and um it's interesting to me for as far as like the connection with the historia for la Leonora is that she was a um like a sorrowful banshee and just kind of like just a very angry, cursed spirit Ooh. and forced to look for the souls of her lost son. So obviously powerful woman who stood up for what they believed in, in history. God forbid. Where, God forbid. Where uh, screaming banshees. All right. The story of La Leonora. Um, I will preface this with saying these are not my words. This is just for my research. I am not claiming that I wrote any of this. They say that long ago, there was a widow with two small children who lived in the poorest section of Mexico, somewhere across the border of El Paso. Uh, she met a man who was rather wealthy and began a relationship with him. And she was tired of being poor and having to struggle and wanted a man that lived a life of luxury. Which, I mean, who doesn't? Are you I mean, who, me? like, no, I mean. <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm going to skip all of this because I've already shared the story. So we're going to jump right into a personal story I found of an intro. Going back to the word I was so concerned about pronunciating. I'm going to share a story that is based off of an encounter with La Rionora. So a man and his wife remember the summer of 1948 very well. It was a July day, and the weather had, be <laughs> weather had become extremely hot. As opposed to a July night. To escape the heat, they decided to camp a few days under the shade of the bosque under the Rio Grande. Rio Grande. Okay, this is what I meant earlier when I'm, I say I'm going to mispronounce things. This is what I mean. And that's okay. 
That's going to happen a lot, it's especially. Have, it's gonna, no, it's going to have to be okay. Okay. It, it has like, to. <laughs> it's well, going to happen. And I, I don't mean it with disrespect. Not at all. Okay. With their neighbors, uh, two families consisting of four adults and four children camped along the river in a thick sand of cottonwood trees. On the first day, they fished, swam in the river, and played a variety of games. By sundown, they had a large campfire burning, cooking hot dogs and a couple of catfish. God, fried catfish is so good. Have you ever had Oh, goddamn good. Oh, come on. We both live in the South. (laughs) Yum. We love a good fish fry. Oh, yeah. We are West Coast cottage whores, but we grew up on the East Coast. So we grew up in the South. We grew up on the East South. And so fish fry is definitely something that is cherished in our hearts. Mm. Oh, yeah. It was a fun time for all. Why wouldn't it be? You had a catfish fry. <laughs> Later in the evening, the four children disappeared into the darkness. Okay. Here's my well, problem. Here, pause. Here's my, here's my first problem. What the fuck are you doing not watching your kids? Do you yeah. decide to have a child and pop it? I understand that there are those situations where it's like, oh, I had my back turned for a moment. Children are but slippery. They, yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sticky, maybe? Mm, all of them. I don't care. Something I want none of. I want no part of that. No, no. All neither. the sticky, all the, all, the, all the slimy. And I get that they are beautiful little balls of life. I'm not trying to even pass any hate. I am just not a child person. No. I appreciate that children have life, that they, are un, that they don't give a fuck. But it is also the thing that makes them drive me crazy. You do not give a fuck about what is going on around you. They're just little balls of chaos. And you know what? I can appreciate chaos, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to bring it into this world. I'm enough chaos. Okay. So darkness, there was no answer. Shocking. <laughs> the kids the children, went into the woods. The children and they didn't she respond. let go play. The children she let go play in the darkness didn't call back when she called for them. The two mothers immediately got up and began calling for their children. And even still, there was no answer. Again, they yelled their names and there was no answer. The mothers began to panic, fearing the children had slipped into the river. That's actually not an unlogical response. No, not at all. I mean, there's a river, there's darkness, and there's children. Those are like (laughs) terrible mixture of all three. I was going to say, I was like, if you let them go off into the darkness it wouldn't be an unfair assumption to assume they went into the river (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah just then they heard the rustling of brush and an older boy ran towards the light of the campfire yelling mama help 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 (laughs) though out of breath he explained to his parents that there was a strange woman talking to the rest of them down by the river goodbye (laughs) goodbye (laughs) Okay, good. You made it back. Pack the car. <laughs> We're out. Oh, you made it. You made a friend? All the fried fish. We out of here. <laughs> Running through the trees of the bank through Rio Grande, they could see that the silhouettes of the three other children were in the river. Oh, well, I guess they made it to the river. I guess they're in the river. <laughs> Only a few feet away stood a tall, thin woman wearing a long white gown and a lace cover that seemed to glow in the moonlight. 
The children stood frozen as the woman repeatedly asked. <laughs> okay, so she is repeatedly shouting, where are my children? Obviously not in English. The parents began to yell, Jose, Maria, Alicia, quickly, come here. The children started to obey and run towards their parents. The woman in the river began a bone-chilling scream, yelling, no, no abandame, no, no abandame, por favor, violator a mi hijo. She began, okay, the woman in the river began a bone-chilling scream, yelling, no, 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 don't leave, please, come back to me, my children. Those parents and the two children still live Still live today, thankfully. Thank God. Thank God. Isn't there four? <laughs> I just noticed that in my story. I had like saved this link. I've looked over this link a million times and it says the two children. The two children. Well. That's very guess, interesting to I note. I guess I lost one in the river. I was just about to say, I was like, that's very interesting to note. I had just put together. There are only two children left from this story. The ending note on the story is the parents and two children are still alive today. But there's one missing, apparently. There's two missing. There's two missing. Did they each lose a child, or did only one woman walk away with no children, I wonder? That's a really great... That's a really great question. I have no idea. How interesting <laughs> to think of I that. Wonder. I wonder, I wonder. So, yeah, that you know, that was part of the um, encounter subcategory of La Rionora. And then there is Historia, which is the tales of La Rionora that have been passed down. I'm looking at you, but you can't, I'm, you're getting a side profile. That was great. All right. So, um, so that was the end of La Llorona. And her story. And her story. There so. is a song that I found. It's obvious. It's, I told you it's featured in Coco. It is, however, not related to the legend of Yarrona. Damn it! Look what you got me doing. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, but there's there's a couple different pieces of media. One of them being Coco. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I was actually mistaken because I felt like I was being uncultured, but I was being more uncultured in the sense that I was feeling like I was being uncultured because La Llorona really literally translates to the crier. So it's not necessarily a song about the legend of La Llorona. When I was looking at the lyrics, it's more of so about a man who feels trapped in his relationship with a crying woman. I see. Yeah. There's, um, there's quite a bit of pieces of media. Um, just, I think about the boogeyman in general, like, so there's a, for listeners, if you ever want to listen to, I wanted to try and play it. Um, I can try and see if I can get a little bit of it, but there's a a song by, um, Henry Hall that's sang by uh, Val, uh, Rosing, Rosing, um, called Hush, Hush, Hush. Here comes the boogeyman that was made in 1932. It's actually kind of spooky. Um, the lyrics it's fantastic. In it, it's, it's a wonderful song, but like, it's definitely very like, it's pretty, it's pretty morbid. And then there's tons of movies that you can find. So there's the, and then the, the movie, Pokemon the movie, Erotica. obviously I already mentioned earlier, my move, my movie media related suggestion is La Llorona, which is part of the conjuring universe. But 
please keep in mind that it is a um, more about the encounter rather than the history of La Leonora. Yeah. So um, there's also there's a movie about Baba. Well, not about Baba Yaga, but there is a scene in the 2019 Hellboy, which I love Hellboy so much. Um, I love the original ones. Golden Army is the best one uh, because there's hot elves in it, obviously. Um, but <laughs> say you can't forget the smoky elves. Oh, love a good elf. But in the new Hellboy that came out in 2019 starring David Harbour, uh, you know, Hopper from uh, Stranger Things, there is a scene with Baba Yaga, which is horribly grotesque and wonderful. You can also find um, stuff about Baba Yaga and the Boogeyman in the first John Wick movie, um, yep, where yep, they yep. talk about John Wick being someone called Baba Yaga and... Can Keanu Reeves be on our list? Because to me, he is an urban legend. Keanu is just a dream, to be honest. Um, There's also a 2005 movie um, about the Boogeyman, which like it's actually about the Boogeyman. I think it's like one of those horror movies that like they're like direct to video kind of horror movies. But then also you can see the Boogeyman um, references to the Boogeyman also in The Simpsons. And also I would probably say like Freddy Krueger is a good example of like a Boogeyman, if you will, going after children's dreams. Michael Myers was kind of like my first introduction introduction to like boogeyman-esque just of like tall scary men coming to get you. And uh, yeah, and then there's The Curse of La Llorona. And uh, what was the other movie that I was just thinking about that completely- There is another me? movie I want oh. to mention that is um, in Spanish. It's it's a Mexican movie and it is called, it's called The, the Whaler, but it is La Leonora. Because obviously in Spanish tran- translation, it's going to be the whaler. But there is a version on um, there is a version on YouTube of the full movie. It does not have the translation, so if you don't speak Spanish, you probably won't understand much of it. But there were de- I asked my boyfriend for a lot of help. But, but you know, you can understand pretty much just from what the, and it's an older film. It was put out in 1960. So it's one of those films where it's like, everything is so dramatic. You can tell what's going on on the screen, even if you don't necessarily fluently or even at all speak Spanish. Oh, and I really loved the way it was done. So I felt like that was worth uh, mentioning as far as obviously the most recent La Leonora, which is more um, encounter. If you will. Yeah. I mean, I think those kinds of movies are still great to watch, even if you don't understand the language or anything like that. I mean, as someone who came from who has a very, very Colombian grandmother who loves her Spanish soap operas, I can tell you I've watched many of them and could Do not you remember speak that or one... <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, go, Do you go. remember that one time you came over to my apartment and I had Pablo Escobar on them in the background, but it was the Spanish version. And you were yeah. like, please turn this off. I got enough of this growing up. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I'm literally- trying to learn Spanish. <laughs> like- <laughs> literally, my life is just spent around like. Can you please turn this off? <laughs> Spanish soap operas and lots of Sonic. <laughs> so that was my grandmother in a nutshell. I mean, she's still alive. She's not dead. There wasn't really a was. I just haven't seen her in a while because, you know, she lives in Colombia. So, and there's a pandemic. <laughs> 
oh another movie that i was thinking of was don't look um don't look under the bed the disney uh original movie but yeah that's a that's a great movie and uh yeah i think that's that's all we got on our on our boogeyman today that don't is. we again thank you so much for joining us all today you know, it's we're, gonna be a wild this is our ride. first episode. As we say, it's a long ride. Uh, this is our first episode. Thank you for sticking through it if you made it this far. If you didn't, that's okay. If you didn't, that is okay. You wouldn't hear this message anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can, as we said before, you can also find us on Instagram. Um, that's at Midsummer Pod and our Twitter account too, which is Mid S Nightmares. And then also, if you uh, have any boogeyman stories for yourself, we'd love for you Please. to reach out to us um, through email. That's midsummerpod at gmail.com. Um, just tell us about your boogeyman stories. Or any stories. business inquiries, really, like any business episode inquiries. ideas. We would love to talk to any of y'all. Yeah, if you want to talk to us about anything you want to share, any spooky stories you have, um, any local legends, we'd love to hear them all. And yeah, just reach out to us at midsummerpod at gmail.com. Um, and then for next week's episode, uh, we're going to talk about um, vampires. 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 We had to. We had to. We had to cover a subject that, you know, we don't want to go back to and that we also care about. Yeah. And not only that, I did binge watch. I just binge watched a lot of Twilight. So, you know. That's all her, not me. I'm going to say that right now. She watched some of of a. I'm more of a Lost Boys interview with a vampire type of gal myself. Oh, no, no. I'm I'm all of those things, but I respect the trash as well. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, And uh, we'll see you you next next week. Next one. Not. (laughs) We'll see you on the next one. We'll see you on the. Check you on the flippity flip. (laughs) Check you on the flip side. (laughs) 